0: Lindsay Barra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part two of our conversation with Toronto Blue Jays left-handed relief pitcher Tim Meza. In 2019, Meza underwent Tommy John surgery to repair the torn ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow, which was further complicated by an additional flexor tendon tear. But after 18 months away from the big leagues, Meza, with the help of his mid-90s sinker, returned to be one of the most consistent arms in the Blue Jays' bullpen. In 2021, he logged 57 strikeouts in 53 innings with a 3.40 ERA and an impressive .98 whip. That's walks and hits per innings pitched. When you are working out before you start really ramping up the throwing program, are you still doing that arm care routine pretty regularly?
1: Yeah. That, and, and even, you know, this off season, I'll, I'll head back. I'm starting PT again. So I go into PT and, and I'll do, do my exercises there with them and, and work on, uh, you know, shoulder mobility and those things and making sure my range of motion stays consistent throughout the off season. And again, building up and getting ready for spring training.
0: How much does the workout schedule change during the season? So you're working out pretty much five days a week now during the off season. Mm-hmm. How does that switch over once the season starts?
1: Yeah. In season, I basically go about based off of series. So I'll lift, I'll have a set day. Usually it is post game. It's either day one or day two of the series post game when I lift or when I pitch. So if I pitch game one, I'll lift post game day one. If I don't pitch game one and I pitch game two, I'll lift post game two. So it's always, it's always once a, once a series and it usually is based on when I'm, when I throw. So Get done throwing, and then right after the game, I'll enter a lift.
0: So you're getting these lifts in basically at like eleven o'clock at night most times.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's usually two to three times a week.
0: And I'm assuming you're not working out at eleven o'clock at night during the off season.
1: No, no, I'm <laughs> I'm a morning morning workout guy during the off season. So what is that flip like for you? It's easier when you have a ten month old. <laughs> yeah. So. I went from going to bed at 12 and waking up at nine and, you know, allowing my wife to take the morning shift to now it went and it's flipped and I'm waking up at, you know, six, six thirty with him and, and getting him ready for the day. And then I get ready for the day and go, go work out. But yeah, I think it's, it's easier when there's there's a little bit of motivation to, to wake up and my son definitely provides that.
0: So in season, when you're doing these late lifts, you're mostly on the road. So you wouldn't be Mm -hmm. up at six 30 to help with your son. That's that's all on your wife. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It is such an interesting thing though, with baseball and how late things end up being all the time. And plus as a reliever, when you don't necessarily always know when you're going to pitch, I imagine you just have to try to go with the flow and be adaptable with everything.
1: Yeah. Adaptable is, is a great way to describe (laughs) the reliever lifestyle. You're adapting to different situations that you're called on to pitch. You're adapting your throwing program around when you're pitching or when you have a feeling that you'll pitch, and and along with the lifts. So yeah, you're you're adapting a lot of your schedule based around when you threw last or when you think you might throw again, and and you're still not going to know. You may see that a couple guys have thrown two out of three days, and they might be down on that third day, and. And then it's, you look around and Hey, yeah, there's a good chance I'm getting in today. So you might not lift the day before, or you might, your throwing program may change pregame based off of when you anticipate that you're gonna, going to go enter the game.
0: And also, I would imagine as far as being adaptable, there's going to be days where you as a reliever warm up and you get all ready to go and then you're not used, which Mm -hmm. might change how you approach your bullpen for the next day. So I imagine there's a lot of stuff that you just have to kind of roll with as a reliever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Essentially as a, as a reliever, most of our guys have three days. They have their standard day, which is this is what I do on, on a normal day, most of the time. And this is the distance that I throw. And this is what I do. I may throw a flat ground with a, with a catcher down for 10 at the end of that throne program. And then you have your heavy and light days, usually, you know, lighter days, or after you threw back to back, or you went through a stretch where you threw three out of four on that fifth day, you may only play catch at 60 feet and it's real light catch. And then you know, we have our heavy days where maybe you didn't throw for a couple of days and this gives you a chance to play play some long toss and maybe get off the mound, uh, get five to 10 throws off the mound just to be, be ready for that night. So most of our, our relievers have those three days mapped out and, and understand where they fall and, and what they need to use in order to best prepare f- for an appearance that night.
0: Do you have anything in particular that you do for recovery?
1: It mixes up sometimes it's some, some light massage. Sometimes it's, it's Norma Tech or game ready other. I, you know, I really like contrast. I like the, the cold, cold tub, hot tub contrast. That's one of my favorite things to do just to, to recover. And from a recovery standpoint, but really, um, you know, it's about, I, I like to, to mix it up. I like to do different things and do different things for recovery. Uh, Mark pro is, is another thing that I'll do probably once a series if I can. But yeah, I, I just like to to change it up and and do different things. But for the most part, contrast is is one of my go tos for a recovery standpoint.
0: I actually have a Mark Pro. I, for those who don't know, that's a it's like a non fatiguing stim unit that contracts your muscles to kind of pump out all the inflammation that comes in after you throw. I messed up my shoulder and I had it on last night. I like. Uh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you follow any particular type of diet? I wouldn't say I'm I'm too strict.
1: I I definitely ha- uh, like to be balanced with the diet, and if there's any type of healthy alternatives for things, I'll go to them. But more of just keeping balanced and and making sure I have a balanced plate and and a we're told to to have a colorful plate. So I try I try my best. Uh, I do I do have moments of of weakness that I kind of come off of that a little bit. But for the most part, I think I. uh I do a pretty good job of keeping a balanced diet. And you know, there's nothing too strict that I do or, or one thing that I can say, oh, this is... But I just like to, to keep balanced and, and to make sure I'm, I'm getting the nutrients I need.
0: How does your day of eating change from the off-season to in-season? I would say it starts
1: earlier and it ends earlier in the off-season. So breakfast starts is, is earlier. For the most part, I'm eating breakfast at 7, 7.30. And I'm driving to the gym at eight and then I'm eating dinner around five o'clock. And, and that's probably, that's probably it. And it's, it's in bed by nine o'clock and that's, that's the off season in season. It it just gets pushed back a little bit. I still wake up and I still get breakfast. That's one of my things I enjoy when, when traveling is finding new breakfast spots and and trying them out. And so I still wake up, get breakfast, but that's probably not until 10 o'clock and then Post game meal is is whenever the game ends, and I would say post game is is usually one of the lighter meals of the day, just because of of how late it is.
0: What is your go to pre workout breakfast
1: in the morning? So I'll do a I'll do an omelet with a uh, chicken sausage and and mashed avocado uh, and American cheese, and I'll usually pair that with an oatmeal with a scoop of peanut butter in it.
0: That sounds great. So breakfast would not really be the pregame meal for a night game during the season. What's your go to pregame meal? Whatever's out. <laughs> whatever, whatever
1: they cook. No, it's pretty much whatever, whatever's out there. You know, it, it varies based off the of location and based off of where we are. But yeah, usually I have breakfast, and then pregame is is I would say somewhere between four five o'clock and then game starts at seven and then and then you have a post-game meal but i don't don't have a go-to where i where i walk in and say that hey can i have this i'm i'm usually just go through the line and and uh get whatever whatever
0: is available (laughs) do you guys snack out in the bullpen during the game or are you not an in-game eater we do snack i tend to snack i would say more when i'm when i'm not
1: up to pitch as opposed to when i when i am pitching but no no we have a We have a snack bag out there and it is a collective effort to try and fill that snack bag and to make sure that it's full at all times. But, you know, we, we do have a snack bag and we do have some, some snackers
0: out there. What do you usually put in the snack bag? Well, I can tell you it's, it's not a very healthy bag. (laughs) It's like Snickers and and Jujubes. Like what's in there? (laughs) Uh,
1: It's like, um, you know, a combination of of sometimes there's Skittles in there or M Ms and, and just a bunch of, of picky stuff. And but no, it's it's not a it's not a bag that that if you're super healthy you like to look into. Um, no, it's it's more now that trick or treat has gone by. I would I would compare it more to a to a bag that you have when you're done trick or treating. Oh God! Do you, <laughs> do you have a favorite cheat meal? So I. I am a sucker for donuts. Okay. That is kind of when I do cheat, I it's, it's usually a uh, donut related. You know, even I just like your, your vanilla frosted donut, just your basic uh-huh. vanilla frosted donut. So yeah, I, I enjoy donuts as, as my cheat meal. Um, yeah. And, and those are, those are what I have a weakness for, you know, at, at, uh, my wedding art, we didn't have your standard wedding cake. We just had a tower of donuts. That's
0: amazing. Is your son old enough yet to enjoy the donuts with you? No, no, not yet. Not yet. He hasn't hasn't fallen into the temptation yet. (laughs) No.
1: And now that, and being in Lancaster, there's a lot of really good Amish bakeries around. So whenever I have a, have a craving, I usually stop in, stop in one of those.
0: So I was a road cyclist for a long time and on three separate occasions, I went out to Lancaster and one of the bike shops out there organizes a creamery ride where you ride, the ride is probably about 50 miles, but over the course of the ride, you stop at three different Amish creameries and eat a massive ice cream cone or sundae and then you get back on your bike and then you ride to the next one and I used to wow. love it because I figure if I'm gonna ride 50 miles it's worth it for three ice cream sundaes right <laughs> yeah yeah do you remember any of the the names of them I would have to go and and look it up it was one of those things where like I had the route and I just kind of followed the other cyclists' butts in front of me and ended up at those creameries but they were gotcha. all fantastic and I yeah mean, by the end of the day like I felt I would have felt like I had to ride 150 miles for the amount of ice yeah. cream I ate, but it was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: Do you take any particular supplements?
1: I take a multivitamin and a fish oil in the morning, and then after workouts, just a protein powder. Uh, protein powder, and I mix that with with water, and and that's my my post workout shake.
0: Shake it up and slam it. No, no, yep. no blender. Uh, You're not adding food yeah. or anything. Yeah, and
1: then I'll have a I'll put a scoop of uh, collagen with uh, my morning coffee.
0: Okay. That's cool too. So I have a sort of a baseball question for you now that I always like to ask pitchers, who is the best hitter you faced in real life? And who is the best hitter that you faced in your mind? The one that you grew up imagining at the plate in the bottom of the ninth?
1: So they're, they're just separated. Who was the hardest hitter I had to face and who's the hitter that then in my mind, I, I faced in, yeah, in my, yeah. uh, ninth. Yeah. I would say the the toughest hitter that I've faced personally is Brett Gardner. I feel like he always was, was giving a very competitive at bat. He fouls pitches off, he battles. So for me, he was, he was the toughest hitter that, that I've faced. I, I just think it's a, it's a very tough at bat and it's hard to get a swing and miss on him.
0: Mm -hmm, Um, For sure.
1: In my mind, I would say probably maybe Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Yeah. If I had to choose somebody that I would, Hey, you got to strike this guy out bombing the ninth, And I did it in a scenario in my dreams. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. That's pretty cool.
0: Do you have any uh, pitching things that you're tinkering with going into this uh, new season?
1: It's a constant learning curve. And for me, it's constant. You're trying to develop each pitch to the best that you can. Um, So I'll continue to tinker with my slider and getting that to be in a, in a location that I'm comfortable with. And how do I consistently get to the spots and you know, and then just continuing to progress a two seam. I don't think I'm gonna add any crazy additional pitch or or anything new to the repertoire. I think it's just you're fine tuning those two pitches and getting them to the best place possible entering spring training. So how can you expand that repertoire? How can you expand your game with those two pitches to make the hitter have a tough time?
0: Do you have goals for yourself for twenty twenty-two? Do you set things numerically or how do you decide what your Focusing on for the season,
1: I think I as the season gets closer, I'll develop some goals for the off season. Right now, there's just uh, you set goals for the off season and what do you look to accomplish? And especially beating, you know, my first normal I guess off season off of Tommy John. Um, there's just. Hey, can we get back to normalcy within an off season, within workouts to continue to build? And now that it's not rehab, that that I can go into a full off season and go through a full off season with a strength phase, with a power phase, with a speed phase. And and how can I tinker with pitches now and more pitch development now that you're not building volume and you're not building intensity and you're not progressing your arm and building up your arm for spring training, you can have a, a normal off season where I can gradually increase volume and intensity while also tinkering with these two pitches and, and getting them to, to continue to progress and continue to get better as as a whole and, and expand my repertoire. So that again, that, that it makes it tough on, on hitters.
0: Do you feel like, so you had a great year as a reliever for Toronto this year and it was, I guess your first full season after your full first, first normal season after the TJ surgery. So do you look at that like you haven't even hit your stride yet? I think I
1: look at it just as there's last year, I was preparing for the season and I was preparing to be healthy entering the season. And now entering this season, I would say there's, there's a little bit more of an expectation for me. You know, I've always been one to, to set high expectations and be very critical of myself. And so you know, I think last year I didn't know what to expect entering spring and and facing hitters for the first time and and now that I have a season under my belt there are definitely some some holes in my game that I would like to clean up to entering 22 and things that I can continue to improve on. I look back and I assess last year and there there are holes where I could be better at and there are situations that I could have handled a lot different in terms of pitch calling and and where pitches were located. So it's consistency within the shape of these pitches and where these pitches end up, um, in, in different counts and different situations that I would like to grow and get better at.
0: I feel like calling a game is such an art and you're only 29 years old. Like you've got 10 years to get (laughs) get that nailed down. (laughs) I mean, pitching, and I think
1: in any sport you're, it's just a constant learning curve. Like you're, and especially in baseball, you, you never quite have it figured out there's always room for development. There's always room for growth. And I think that's one thing that I, that I've learned throughout the journey that, that I've taken is to continue to be open-minded, continue to be a sponge and just learn as much as possible and be a constant learner and never feel like, like you, you have things figured out or that you have the game figured out because, because you never will. So continue to, to grow as a pitcher, continue to learn as a pitcher and, develop to to be the best best pitcher you can on that in particular day
0: i think that's a great attitude to have because if anything if there's anything history has taught us it's that the folks who think they have it all figured out are the ones who get bit in the butt by something they didn't have figured out (laughs) yeah (laughs) so tim are you on social media where can folks follow you
1: i'm not uh the only the only thing i'm on is linkedin and that's it. I am. I'm not on social media.
0: They can. Everybody can just kind of follow up on you through the Blue Jays social media then. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I wish you so much luck in 2022 and with your son and, and in this off season and just best of luck with everything. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much to Tim for joining us on Food of the Gods. Be sure to follow the Blue Jays on both Instagram and Twitter at Blue Jays to keep up with Tim and his team this off season and in 2022. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at foodofthegodspod or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant podcast production.